Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Hello and welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles, we give shout outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and sometimes we just shoot the shit, like today. All right, so joining me today is my friend and fellow uh, beer compatriot, uh, Andrew Hendry. Uh, if you would, Andrew. Tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into craft beer and uh, what you're doing these days. <laughs> uh, well, again, uh, yeah, okay, my name is Andrew Henry, and uh, I got into uh, I got into craft beer uh, because I was hired as a gardener at Upper Canada Brewing Company, and uh, and because of ne- because of nepotism. Um, and then uh, they realized very quickly I wasn't a gardener, and uh, they put me into retail. And my hair was too long, and I looked too ugly for retail. So they said, "Oh, you're going to have to put you into production." And I said, "Production? Where they pay me lots of money, and I get to have a regular job?" And they said, "Yeah." And I said, "Great." And so that was when I was 19. Started on the production floor at Upper Canada, and uh, and that's how I started in the microbrewery business. Uh, so, is Upper Canada even still around these days, or? I believe Upper really? Canada. I I'm sorry. Uh, I believe some Upper Canada labels are still not labels. Uh, beers are still being sold by brands are still being sold by uh, Sleemans. Sleemans okay. bought Upper Canada in like uh, I want to say 1997 or 1996. It was it was very soon after I moved to Vancouver. Vancouver. Vancouver, where I worked at Storm Brewing, uh, which was uh, a very, 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 very fun brewery to work at. Uh, um, yeah, tiny, me, tiny place. Yeah, me not being from Canada, I've never heard of it. <laughs> Check it out. Storm Brewing is a, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting place. It's, it's kind of filthy. I walked in there once, and uh, the 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 owner, James Walton, is uh, he's got a PhD, I believe, or he's got some he's got a lot of education in uh, 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 what is it, uh, micro uh, microbiology and whatnot. Uh, so he was growing mushrooms, like he knows all about yeast and everything, but he also knows about mushrooms. He comes from a mushroom growing family, so he was growing mushrooms in the brewery. I walked in in the morning and there was all these like bags around, like uh, shop, not shopping bags, but like garbage bags. And I was like, what's in the garbage bags? He's like, oh, don't open those up. Those are my mushroom colonies or my mushroom spores or whatever. I'm like, spores? In a brewery? <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, don't open the bags. And I said, that. <laughs> so. But uh, he he, may, he makes great beer. He still does. He's still he's still out there making great beer and really interesting beers. Um, but uh, yeah, when I lived out in BC for uh, three years, uh, I worked there, and uh, it was a fantastic, fantastic brewery to work for because it was tiny. I learned a lot, and it was a lot of fun. Cool, cool, awesome. So yeah, uh, for 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 people who are familiar with my show, we're, we're we're going a little off of the normal format today. There is no specific beer that we're talking about. It's just going to be uh, Andrew and I kind of sitting around chewing the fat about beer, beer culture, things that are going on in the beer world these days. What we happen to be drinking today, maybe more than one. Who knows? Um, so yeah, it's it's just going to be a, a fun off the cuff kind of kind of show, a little bit different than, than the usual stuff. So, uh, what are you drinking, Andrew? Well, today I'm starting with uh, one of these, Alora Borealis. 
Nice. Uh, so, which is, I'm, I'm buying all my beers uh, analog these days. I haven't yet gotten on to the home delivery, you know, ordering it online. So I still actually go to the, the liquor store and I buy beer. Um, <laughs> so whatever I have to buy from whatever is there. Well, luckily, which, you know, uh, Laura Borealis is a great beer. Uh, there's some good beers there. Uh, but then, you know, your fate, you, you have a favorite beer all of a sudden, and then it disappears. I was drinking tons of that, uh, not tons. I was drinking a lot of the um, Muddy York, uh, those little cute little can, um, <laughs> the switchboard operator. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And that was delicious. I was drinking, I think I drank it all from the liquor store. And then it, it hasn't been back for like a year and a half or something. I'm oh, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm drinking right now. What are you drinking? I am drinking Clifford Brewing's El Maravilla. Uh, it's a Belgian strong ale that's uh, aged with uh, lime and salt uh, for a year in a barrel. So wow, hey. it's uh, it, it's actually quite nice. Look at look, look at the color on this thing. I mean, it's like this this nice kind of orangish amber color, and and it's got uh, it's got a lovely limey uh, limey aroma to it, and and it hits you with lime up front like nobody's business when you take a drink of it man it it's fantastic wow. it's like it's it's like a it's like a margarita beer <laughs> <laughs> sounds great it sounds great it looks great. yeah and, it, and it's nice because it's barrel aged it's lower carbonation that which means i can drink faster <laughs> i can't take carbonation as i get older like i i i you know i i hate I hate having a beer and the carbonation is so high that I can't, I can't drink anymore. It just shuts the night down. It's like, now I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, I don't want any more. You know, I, it's, I would love to have a bunch more beers, but I, I can't. It's why I can't drink like fifties uh, or, uh, you know, like beers of my youth, you know, like 50 yes. or black label or whatnot. I used to be able to, you know, choke one back just for old time's sake. Uh, I, I can't anymore because it's just uh, the carbonation is just way too high. It's like soda pop. Yeah. Well, and that's why I really prefer barrel aged beers and I love cask conditioned beers because they're so much lower in carbonation and they're so much easier to drink and you don't get that big bloated feeling from all the carbonation that's in your stomach, especially, especially if you get a beer from somebody who doesn't know how to properly pour a beer to release some of that carbonation before you get it. <laughs> and then you end up just basically drinking yeah, a pop. I mean, you're sitting there and you're belching and you're like, oh, what the hell's wrong with this beer? <laughs> but, that was a yeah. that was one of the bonus. That was a plus of, uh, you know, for a good, you know, for a long time, I was drinking the beers that I was making. Uh, so, and, and I was also carbonating those beers. Uh, so I got to carbonate them the way I wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, you know, a lot of beers were... Even like you know, not the even like out of a out of a can or a, a bottle or, or a keg or whatnot. Generally, the beers if if I if I uh, made it and kegged it and transferred it and whatnot did all that, it's going to be a little lower on the carbonation level because I I'm gonna I want to drink it. <laughs> yes, I, I fully I do the same thing. It's like you know recommended like so I brew a lot of stouts and 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 things like that here at home. And uh, the recommended carbon carbonation is like two to two point three volume for the carbonation, and I'll typically do it more like one point six, one point eight, somewhere a little bit lower, just because I like to be able to pour it and just drink it, and not not have, you know, I, I I know as a certified beer nerd, I know you're supposed to have the pretty head and all that kind of stuff on there, but for me, I just want to get I just want to get the beer in my belly. And I want I want to taste it in my mouth. I you know I don't care so much about the carbonation. I'm actually not opposed to uh, to uh, fairly flat beers, which is which I mean isn't surprising because I really like cask beers, which aren't overly carbonated. I mean they're very low carbonation relatively compared. It it, it all depends on the style, right? Like it it and all it, it all depends on the time of year, the weather, the atmosphere, what you're drinking. It all uh, you know it it all depends, but. The one constant for me is no high car. I can't take high carbonation. I can take mid to you know whatever normal. Like this is this is nicely carbonated, you know, but it's not it's not a soda pop like uh you know like you might find a Molson Canadian or a, uh one of those. You know, uh, 
unfortunately, one of my favorite beers, uh, one of my favorite beer series from Nickelbrook is often overcarbonated in my, uh, my opinion. That's their Uber series, their Berliner Weiss. Um, and to be fair, Berliner Weiss are supposed to be high carbonation beers, but it's just, I find that anymore, you know, I pour it and I let it sit for 10, 15 minutes just to get some of the, uh, some of the bubbles out of it because it's just so high in carbonation for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you, what are we, what are we going to do? We're getting old. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I, I guess that's the price we have to pay. We have to drink uh, lower carbonation beer. Oh no. I'm still, I'm still drinking beer though. <laughs> Our delicate tummies can't take it. That's right. Well, yeah, and, and we got better things to do. You know, our time, I, our time on the planet is, is a lot shorter than these young kids, so we don't want to have to sit there wait and belch and and, and and wait for the the bloated feeling to go away. We just want to get more of it in our bellies in the short time we have left on this planet. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, what are you up to these days, man? Well, that's that's. Uh... Not much, unfortunately. Uh, I've I've uh, stopped brewing. This is the first time in thirty years that uh, no beer is being made in Ontario by me or in Canada by me. Um, uh, unfortunately, my uh, the the physicality of the job uh, has demanded that I I cease, um, which is. You know, somewhat heartbreaking, but uh, you, you do what you got to do. Uh, I want to continue. Yeah. So now I'm on a new adventure. I'm uh, I'm trying new things. Yeah, now, <laughs> you you and I were talking offline, and you had uh, you said you're you're looking into doing voiceover work, and and why? Well, I, yes, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I told you, I I think you have a fantastic voice for it. Now I know that my voice isn't exactly the greatest for voiceover work, but your voice is so much better than mine for voiceover work. You could, I, I could definitely, I could definitely see you doing like commercial voiceover work and it, and it going over like every, everybody's business. I mean, cause you, you've got, you've got one of those voices. that's like, you've got, you've got like that radio voice already, you know, without, uh, without actually being a radio person. Well, thank you. I, uh, that is the direction I'd like to go. I would uh, try. I have some. I have different resources that I have. Uh, one of them is my voice, and I'd like to uh, to to travel down that uh, pathway a little bit and see what see what's there. Yeah, and, and now I'm just going to put this out there. You know, you might not be brewing commercially, but when I get my new brew system here this spring, I plan on. Uh, pulling you in and you and I are going to at least brew a couple of beers here at my place and we'll sit around drinking beer while we're making beer. <laughs> uh, uh, you could, uh, you could bend my arm. I'm sure I could be. <laughs> you know, I won't make you do the heavy lifting. I'll make you do the heavy. Well, it'll be heavy lifting of like a glass. It'll yeah, be yeah, a the full glass. Filling uh, <laughs> the, the, the lifting of the wrist. That's right. The, 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 the 12 ounce curl. <laughs> So, uh, so in terms of uh, in in terms of of just general beer things, what are some of the what are some of the uh, the, the the things going on in the beer world beer world right now that uh, ha- have your interest? Uh, huh. <laughs> oh, I stumped him. Well, you kind of did. Well, when I stopped brewing, I kind of to tell you the truth, and I'll I'll just be a little vulnerable for a second. I I kind of step back from that world because uh it 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 uh i wanted to be there but i couldn't be there um so i i kind of step back a little bit and i'm not you know i don't really gotcha no that's that's cool so you're not you haven't really you haven't really been following anything so so yeah i started started drinking uh, i started drinking whiskey Ah, oh, so so, so I know, sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so what what uh, what style of whiskey are you into these days? Well, these uh, right now I'm in the middle of a. Not, I mean, that sounds like I'm a. I don't have it in front of me or anything. <laughs> sure, you don't. It's just off camera. We just can't see it. And <laughs> uh, right now, I've got a bottle of Irish whiskey I'm enjoying, but uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not discriminatory against other whiskeys. I've, uh, you know, uh, and I'm, and I, uh, 
I'm enjoying just like one in the afternoon and then having a nap. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> a, a, a good whiskey will do that to you anyway. So I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I love a good. I love a good uh, beer and a whiskey chaser. Chaser, like uh, at the bar, sitting at the sitting at the bar. I love to have a beer and a, a shot of whiskey in front of me. That's a. I don't know. That's a, a nice feeling. <laughs> so, so you said you're, you're drinking Irish whiskey at the moment. So one of, one of my favorite Irish whiskeys is uh, called Writer's Tears. Um, I oh, tried it when I, yeah, I, I tried it when I was over in Ireland, and I was shocked when I came back that, that it was actually at the LCBO here where I live in Brantford. Um, it, it's funny. We've got three LCBOs here in Brantford, and they all have different strong suits. So, like the one that's closest to me is the the whiskey LCBO because I live I live in a part of town where it's a lot of blue collar workers and they want their they want their their Molson they want their Coors and they want their whiskey, which is great because I, I like whiskeys. Um, so they had Writer's Tears and they've got they've got a fantastic selection of Irish and they've got a fantastic selection of Scotch and they've got a fantastic selection of bourbons, which are all three. The things I like, I love. I love a good Irish whiskey, like Writer's Tears or uh, Red Breast is another one that's a, that's a good uh, Irish whiskey. That's that's fairly inexpensive, you know, and and it's uh, it, it's it's nice. And then like uh, uh, for scotches, my favorites are the Balvenies. So I like uh, the Balvenie uh, fourteen Caribbean Cask, which is an absolutely fantastic Scotch. And then uh, Lagavulin sixteen, which is super peaty, which a lot of people don't like because of that peat that it's got in it. And then for bourbons, you know, I, I, I'm a maker's mark kind of guy. I like my sweet bourbon because I like making old fashions with it. Right. Right. I was, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, may I, uh, may I tell a story? Oh, this isn't a story, yeah, of course. but we're talking about whiskey. I was really lucky. Uh, uh, as a, when I, when I first started at upper Canada and I was 19, um, Upper Canada had fantastic parties and events uh, for, it seemed like every other week there'd be some sort of event and or party or whatever. Uh, but some of them were like cigar parties and then some of them were whiskey parties. And I remember sitting, I was like, maybe I was 20 by this time. It was my second year there. Uh, but I was sitting with Frank Heaps, who was like the president. He's the owner. He's the big, big kahuna of uh of up canada and uh and i'm just this 20 year old you know bottle chucker and uh <laughs> and he and i are and he's buying me whiskeys like whiskeys that i can't remember now but they were like you know really good expensive whiskeys uh and he's just you know chucking shots down the the bar at at me and i and there was other people there as well uh, and then we, and he's, and he's also, you know, giving us cigars that, you know, were rolled on the thighs of virgins and Belize, you know, and, <laughs> uh, just, just amazing cigar. I've never had cigars since then that were so good. Uh, and just to be so young and to be exposed to these things, uh, at, at the time I didn't know, I, I had no idea what I was even drinking or smoking. Uh, but it was you know, you know, later on, you know, I found out that it was it was quite good, and it, and, and it gave me a taste for the some some for, of the, for the good life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, of course, I couldn't afford it. So when I would, at that time, if I had to buy my own whiskey, it was always uh, the cheapest of the single malts, which I believe was uh, Fittick at the time. Glenn Fittick. Yep. Came in the well, tube. Which, which you could uh, the tube helped hold your drumsticks too. Yeah, so you know the thing is, Glenn Fittick gets a lot gets a lot of shit for being uh being a low end single malt, but it's a very approachable Scotch for people who are looking to get into whiskeys. I yeah, mean, and also yeah, and also it was affordable. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's 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 affordable. It's not offensive to anybody's senses if you're just getting into Scotch, uh, particularly. It's it's very mild. It's a very mild scotch. It doesn't have overly. It, it's not overly smoky. It's not overly peaty. You know, it's just a very well balanced, very light scotch, and it's a great starting point. And and you know, for people who are younger and and may not have the means to afford the uh, the more expensive scotches, it's a it's a good scotch. It's not the greatest, 
but it's by far not the worst. <laughs> yep. Hey, I've, I've lost your picture. Is that okay? I mean, that's fine for yeah. me. Is that okay for the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That'll get you yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's fine for the recording because uh, it records to my machine and it records to your machine, your video feed, and then it just uploads them all at the end. So I'll have both feeds. It's not an issue. I still see you. So, uh, all right. Because you're not making faces at me or anything. And, and, and really, if you don't see me, is that really a big deal? I mean, it's not like I'm something to look at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're back. Oh, no. You're back. Hey. <laughs> so so what i'm what i'm hearing is when when you come to my house to brew beer i have to have whiskey and i have to have cigars available luckily for you i have both available all the time because i drink whiskey and i smoke cigars well, that's <laughs> i haven't smoked cigars in a long time but uh but i i i have no problem so, doing it again so, <laughs> you know, I'm um green <laughs> yeah so so pre-covid um lisa my wife and i uh went to visit some friends that uh that uh, we know in uh, milwaukee that that own a brewery hey if you're in the milwaukee area visit the explorium brew pub they have fantastic beer and food <laughs> and uh we went to uh they had famous made a fool out of me <laughs> and they, they every year uh, every year in milwaukee there's a cigar festival uh, so we we uh, we hooked up with my friend Mike, who owns the Explorium, and and his wife and a few other friends. We all hopped onto a bus, and we started drinking on the bus. We got to the uh, to the event. We were drinking at the event, and uh, you you literally at the event they give you this book full of coupons, and you go to all the different vendors, and they give you one or two free cigars. So by the time we left. We had like a hundred cigars from all these different vendors. And then we bought some other stuff, you know, like, oh, these guys had really good cigars and they're decent prices. So we bought a few extra. We came back over the border and the the the, the, the border patrol guys like, so what are you coming back with? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, we've got a couple cases of beer, a few bottles of bourbon and 210 cigars. He's like, all right, welcome back to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so so I've got all these cigars in the humidor, and you know I've been I I don't smoke them like every day. It's like oh you know every uh, every couple of weeks I'm like oh maybe I'll have a cigar today, you know, and I go sit outside on the patio or I sit out. What's that? You wait for babies to be born, right? Yeah, or you wait for babies to be born. Yeah. Oh, you got a cigar? Cool. <laughs> do people even do that anymore? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while since I had a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> me too i mean it's been it's been almost 30 years since uh since i had a kid and uh, but i did hand out cigars when my daughter was born <laughs> i'm i handed out something but they might not have been cigars but they were specific. oh you you were handing out blunts is what you were handing out weren't you <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, okay continue I was going to say, so for people who might not know, Andrew is a multi-talented individual. He's actually also in a band. Want to tell us a little bit about your musical career there, Andrew? Well, that, I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole other, I've been playing music longer than I've been brewing. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a long time. I've been, I, I did a count and I was like, I think I've been in like 60 bands or something. Uh, none of which you have heard of. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> especially, especially me, because, you know, I've only been in this country for three and a half years now, so I wouldn't have heard of any of them, <laughs> but, uh, uh, my band, my musical career has often overlapped with my, uh, my, my brewing career. A lot of, a lot of breweries, um, are interested in the arts, you know, like, uh, they would want, they're. It's a way of reaching out to people, you know, having events, you know, when you have an event, you have music and you have art and you have art on the walls and whatnot. Upper Canada always had uh, an art gallery kind of feel to to the main hall, um, which means you had to be careful when you were driving the forklift. Uh, but they would let people in and look at the art and whatnot. And there was quite often uh, music at the brewery as well. I remember seeing Big Sugar there. Uh, but before Big Sugar was a rock band, they were they, Gordy Johnson was playing, and he had a little jazz combo. So you see, uh, they would they would play there quite often. 
Um, uh, and, uh, well, <laughs> there, there was all, there was also, there was, there was like an upper Canada band, which I was the drummer for. And, uh, and we, and we played a lot of gigs, you know, and, and we sometimes we got paid uh, and we had fun, but, uh, the funnest thing I ever did musically at Upper Canada, and this might be the whole of ever, um, <laughs> ever, ever. Uh, uh, there's a thing called the Rebel March. You ever heard of the Rebel March? I have not. Okay, uh, here's where I'm going to expose my ignorance of history here. Uh, I believe uh, in Canada there was the uh, the Upper Canada Rebellion. <sighs> I'm not even going to try and guess a date because I'll just get it wrong and uh, I'll look stupid. Um, but I believe Mackenzie King marches down, not the prime minister, but the other guy, Mackenzie, uh, marches down Young Street, uh, starts at a, a bar called uh, the Rebel House, I think. I'm getting all this wrong. Anyway, a bunch of ruffians marched down Young Street back in like 18-something, and it's, uh, we, re we started recreating it at Upper Canada. And we get a bunch of drummers and pipers. And it was in December. I think it was December, you know, mid-December. So there would often be snow on the ground. It would be cold. Uh, but you'd march from Young and Eglinton. And you'd hit every... And you'd march from Young and Eglinton all the way down to uh, Say What? Down uh, on Front Street, I think, there. Queen's Key or whatever. Uh, and you'd hit every bar that had Upper Canada Rebellion on tap. Uh, <laughs> we started at like seven o'clock and you were lucky if you made it to the end. Uh, I did it for like four or five years in a row. And I think I only ever made it to the end once because, because of drunkenness. Like these are things you couldn't do now. Like you, the insurance, you would never be allowed to do this, but this was an upper Canada event where it, it, you know, all these drummers and pipers, we'd march into a, uh, a bar and we just start playing and I imagine, you know, the uh, Upper Canada would buy a round of Upper Canada Rebellion for everybody. And we'd make a big ruckus and a noise. And then we'd leave and march to the next uh, bar and do the same thing again. Uh, but that means you're, you know, you're just drinking pints all night long and you're playing drums. I, we, we're playing like snare drum, marching snare. Um, and, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for the first couple of hours. And it was a lot of fun till the end, but you very rarely remember the end. Um, it, it was just a, it, would, it ended up as a drunken, uh, you know, a bar crawl. But it starts out as a very dignified, yes, we're doing this for the name of history. And we're, remember this and everything. But, you know, two hours later, it was just, you know. Pinkies up and the whole bit to start and then heads yeah. down and barely drumming at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just looking at a picture, in fact, of, uh, of us. It's the first year, and it's me and uh, my buddy Blake, who who also plays in my band. Guh. Um, That's G-U-H. Guh. <laughs> uh, and we're, we're very youthful. We're like 20 years old, or, or if that. I think I'm just freshly 20 because it's December. And... Uh, we're young and drunk and uh, and full of hope and dreams. <laughs> Not the bitterness that we have today. Life hadn't trodden all over you yet. You were still full of full of vim and vigor. <laughs> all right. I am going to do something I never do, and that's put down my headphones and walk over and grab another beer because I am out. I'll be right back. All right. I'll join you on that. Okay, well, he's gone. What should we talk about? Hmm. What kind of art does he have on the wall? Oh, he's back. Shh. shh. Yeah, shh, shh. Nobody saw me leave. All right, so now I am going to be switching over to Uncle Leo's Smoked Porter. Uncle Leo's is a, uh, a brewery in Nova Scotia. I recently had a friend who, who lives in Nova Scotia come and visit for, uh, for the week uh, over uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. And uh, he brought me a selection of beers from Nova Scotia because I asked him to because he knows I like beer and he likes beer. And we sat around drinking beer. <laughs> so this is this is a, a really good uh, smoked porter. 
Um, it's actually the only beer I've ever had from this brewery, but I've had it a few times now, and every time I've really enjoyed it. So shout out to Uncle Leo's Brewery. I don't know what other beers you make, but this one's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> nice. Good for you, Uncle Leo. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's funny. Every time, every time I hear that, all I can think of is Seinfeld because Sein, Jerry Seinfeld had Uncle Leo, and <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. But the guy in this can doesn't look anything like that guy. <laughs> well, for my second beer, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm. They've just put these out again, so I'm going to have the one Ooh, of these. I have nice. one. Uh, I remember when these were new. I remember these were brand new, and. Uh, it, the can looked cool as hell, and uh, the the concept, you know, it was it was one of the first kind of concept beers actually that I can think of. You know, where it was like, let's let's do six six six, and we'll make everything you know six point six six, and you know the, the whole they made the beer to the to the concept, and uh, right. it's great. I loved it then, and I imagine I'm going to love it now. Right, right. It's six six six. That's so metal, dude. Six six eight. Member of the neighbor, the beast. Yeah, yeah six, six six seven. The next door neighbor. <laughs> so, so people for for people who might want to try Uncle Leo's. Just so you know, you get a nice uh, smoky aroma off off of the the nose. It's got a great chocolatey uh, flavor profile to it. It's sweet. It's got that nice malty backbone. There's a little bit of bitter on it, but not a whole lot. This is a great beer. This is th- this is a beer that would go well with a cigar. <laughs> so, uh, get, getting back to your music. Um, is Guh playing any place any anytime soon? Uh, actually, uh, no, we don't have, we're not booked to play anything live. Although, I mean, there's been barely any live playing lately, but we did, we did end up getting to play a few times this summer or once in the summer, once in the, in the fall outdoors. Um, but we do, uh, on, we do have some new music coming out on, uh, Bandcamp. Uh, oh, I love Bandcamp. Oh, good. <laughs> we're far behind the times. We're we don't know how to we don't know how to technolog tech. We don't know how to do tech <laughs> stuff. We don't know how to say the word. Um, <laughs> right <laughs> for for people who might be unaware, Andrew is somewhat of a luddite. He's using someone else's computer today to talk to me because he doesn't own one. <laughs> I got one. I got one, but I don't know how to use it yet. <laughs> I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you shit, man. Come on. <laughs> um, no, we have a on Bandcamp. We have a new record coming out called uh, Hotel Guh. Um, Guh is a band I've played in for. Uh, well, for thirty years, uh, we this is our third. This year is our thirtieth anniversary. We we played. We're a Toronto band. We played around a lot uh, in, well, in the nineties and in the two thousands and in the two thousand tens. Although more so in the nineties, but uh, we've never we've never stopped playing. Uh, we've never broke up or anything. We've we've continued as a band and as a unit. Uh, for uh, for thirty years, but we've grown. There's about. 12 members i think now or 12 12 full-time members um so we're a big band it's hard to it's hard to put us in a room which which is why i imagine we won't be playing much over the winter because uh i don't know if anybody's gonna want that many people in one room uh right 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 but uh during the summer we play outside a lot we do a lot of you know we do play festivals we play uh art crawls and whatnot. Excellent. So do you guys have like a brass section of your band if you're that big? We do. We do. We awesome. Use, uh, yeah. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Right now we kind of have, it, right now it's kind of small because our our uh, sax player, our, uh, he moved to BC, uh, which is which means he hasn't been coming to rehearsals lately. Um, <laughs> Slacker. <laughs> I know. We're going to have to have a talk. But we have like we've got tuba, we've got trumpet, 
uh, uh, we got a trombone. We've got a couple of trombone players that that come out fairly regularly. Um, but that's about it for horns. But we've also got bagpipes and we've got the fiddle. Sorry, violin, violin. Um, it's a fiddle. It's no. I I don't want to get we. we <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. It's a violin. <laughs> It's a violin. <laughs> I like the word fiddle, but uh, it's a violin. And um, uh, yeah, we have a fair amount of instruments. We were we're a varied. We have a wide variety of instruments in our band. Uh, we have lots of drums. We uh, we've had we've had shows where we've had three drummers. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a big band. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so what kind of music do you guys play? Oh, uh, that's the that's the million dollar question. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. I call it bad jazz, but uh, that's a bad jazz. <laughs> that's only because it's we, we, that's a terrible name. Forget I said that. Edit that out. Um, <laughs> no, no editing. Sorry. <laughs> We're like uh, we, we play everything from from like rock music to uh, to Eastern European folk music to uh, 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 indigenous uh, indigenous music uh, to pretty much anything. We will we will play anything. It's almost all self written. We're a compositional. Ense- people have called us a compositional ensemble, where everybody ensemble. has to. <laughs> To the game, um, okay. uh, it's 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 inst- okay. It's instrumental. There's no. Uh, there's very few vocals. So it's that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's my kind of music. Very few vocals. Just just good music being played. Some sometimes, uh, sometimes yeah. <laughs> the big the, my favorite thing about my band, my band. Uh, I am in charge now. Um, I I am king of the band. I am king. Uh, I am not. But uh, <laughs> my favorite thing about our band is the risks that we take. We are uh, that is the one thing that we do a lot uh, is we take risks. And so sometimes that when you take risks, that means sometimes things don't work. Uh, but and you have to like be ready for that. You know, we've done shows that were just train wrecks and just it was just god awful. You know. <laughs> But 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 you know we took that risk. We went out and tried to do things. We would do we would do shows where um, uh, people would come with like a new song written out like charts. We, we all we all read music somewhat, you know, uh, to, uh, enough to be able to to, to play along. Uh, <laughs> enough to be dangerous. <laughs> enough to be dangerous. But uh, somebody would bring a new chart to a gig and say, "We're playing this tonight." You know, and we've never ever we've never rehearsed it. We've never even seen it before. This is the first time we're seeing this chart. And somebody would bring it to the show and say, "Okay, you're playing this tonight." And that's the kind of risks we'd take. And sometimes it would sound terrible, and sometimes it would be, you know, good. And one time every now and then it would be sublime. And that's what you're aiming for, right? The the right the one. But to get there, you have to be not sublime a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with, with no, you know, with no risk, there's no reward. With high risk, there's high reward. So, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So that's kind of the uh, that's that's kind of the uh, uh, the the mantra of the band. In in my opinion, it's a big band, so every, so everybody can have a completely different. Uh, thought of, of of what they think the you know of the band um and that's a that's a nice thing too you know we're all doing yeah, it for yeah. music for me it's school for me this band is school because i every time i rehearse with this band every time i go play a gig with this band i i learn something because i am not a uh i am not a um professional talented musician you know i am an amateur hack who's quite you know, I'm a great amateur hack. I'm really good at it. Um, but you know, it, when I go to this band, I'm surrounded by people who 
who are really good and they played in like Feist's band and they played in, in, uh, you know, the, the stars and they played, not the stars, but they've worked with people. There's just a lot of talent, uh, in my band that I am soaking up and I get to learn from. So for me, awesome. school where you're allowed to drink and smoke. <laughs> well, that That's like college, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like college. College didn't. College didn't let me back. <laughs> they told me to not come back. So yeah, I was having a conversation about um, God. I guess it was about two months ago with one of my friends, and they're like, "You know, back when we were in college, I'm like, oh yeah, you mean high school with uh, beer and ashtrays?" <laughs> so, so, so you know. I, I have to clarify for anybody who might not be from the United States who sees this. Uh, in the United States, the words college and university are uh, interchangeable for the most part. The The only thing that differentiates the two in the United States is university offers a Ph.D. program. College offers up to a master's. So if I say college, you can you can you can substitute the word university. Um, because I know, I know, like up here, college is like uh, like a two year thing or, or or like a trade school type thing up here. It's different than it is in the states. In, in the states, we say college. It's any four year higher education uh, institution, but they just don't offer a PhD program. So they might go only, only go up to masters. They're still considered a college. So yeah. So when I was in college or university yeah, i always just called it high school with ashtrays and beer <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was pretty much it i only went i went to college for one year uh and i was, I was there for music uh and it's the ironic thing is that i the, the year that i spent at college was the year that i i played the least amount of music mm, um yes my uh, I had to uh, I had to re-audition. I was in like a prep music program at Humber College, which means they they don't think you're that talented, but they want your money. Um, right. <laughs> so I had to re-audition, right? And I uh, I went and and I did and I did it and I practiced and everything and I I tried to be really good. Um, but my teacher uh, said the, the guy who I was auditioning for, he said, uh, "Who who do you think you are?" Bill Ward and Bill, Bill Ward being the drummer from black Sabbath. Uh, and I said, wow, yes, thank you. Yes. You know, and he's like, no, I, I didn't mean that as a compliment. I meant that as, <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, oh, well, screw you, man. I didn't say that. I thought that, you know, like, uh, but yeah, the, the, so I, I wasn't allowed back. I was too heavy a drummer, too loud. I didn't hold my sticks right. So I moved downtown Toronto. I got a job at Upper Canada, right? Upper Canada Brewing at 19, uh, which sent me on the next 30 years of my life. Uh, and then I joined two or three bands. And immediately my, my musical education mushroomed or uh, exploded. You know, uh, I had... I went from being in school and getting no education to to living down and having a job and pl playing in clubs and having to get it right. You know what I mean? Like th that was an education because there was no like, you know, go do your homework and see if you can do this. It's like you had to do it. You had to show up and do it if you wanted to get paid. Right, um, right. You, you can't half-ass it. You have to. You have to do the job. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So uh, yeah, you're thrown in the situation, and uh, you you see if see if you can do it. And luckily, I was I you know drumming wise, uh, you know, I'm not great, I'm not super talented, but I'm able to do it. I'm able to sit in and listen to uh, other people. I, I listen well, um, and uh, I'm I'm a good uh, side man. I don't know what you want to call it. I, I you know I take direction well. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so let's let's switch gears a little bit. Let's get uh, a little bit back more into beer stuff. Um, what is your favorite style of beer? Well, I, I'd have to say, I guess it's a pale ale, just like a regular pale ale. Um, uh, I like a nice English style India pale ale. Uh, is also uh, uh, one of my favorites, um, but. It, 
if I had to pick just a uh, pale ale. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, the, no, that, I, think I like stouts. You know, I, I, I do like a good, uh, if you asked me my favorite beer I've ever had, uh, sure, it would what's be. What's your favorite? Is, is it, is it? Is it Perdomo from Omnipollo? <laughs> it's so good. It's the, it's the, <laughs> that's the one. It's the it's the the the, the ginger, not ginger, uh, uh, graham cracker. Stout. The graham cracker chocolate marshmallow stout from Omnipollo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. We, we talked about this on the on the, the last episode you were on, and, and we couldn't remember the name of it. And we, I, I, I sent a message to you afterwards saying it was this, and you're like, "Yes, that was it." Yeah, that that's that is probably one of my favorite all time beers ever. Uh, it's just so damn decadent and so damn flavorful. I mean, the 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 guys at Omnipollo have it just going on they know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> they really do and uh, and whoever yeah yeah it's awesome all around now um my favorite singular beer that i've ever had was also a stout and it was back i think uh, it must have been during the sochi olympics uh so whenever that was uh but um there's a brewery here called uh oast house you know oast house Love Oast House. They make a fantastic saison. Well, they they made a stout uh, called uh, the Soshi, uh, and it was I <laughs> I only ever had it once. It was on it was on uh, it was on tap at the Woolwich. And I was there on a Friday after work, and uh, I it I had one, and then I had two or three, <laughs> and I left, and then it, I'd never had it again because I think they only made it the once. Um, but it was, it was like a, you know, the old velvet, uh, velvet fist, you know? <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was the iron fist and the velvet glove. Is that what you're yeah, trying to yeah, say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I don't think they ever made it again. I think they just did the one batch and it was, it was gorgeous. I could, I could, I could cry just thinking about it, just remembering it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if if I had to choose one beer that I say would say was my all time favorite, it would be probably um, it it actually probably be it probably be one of the nineteen nineties era Sam Adams Utopias. So wow. uh, for, for for people who aren't familiar, Sam Adams makes this uh, this fantastic beer. It comes out every other year. It's called Utopia, um, and it's been made traditionally. They take parts of batches that are stored in barrels since the '90s. Uh, I believe I read an article last year that they're actually out of the the stock from the '90s. Now they've moved into the early 2000s stuff for for the for the barrel mixes. But they take it and it's aged. And it's uh, it's combined, and it's typically somewhere between twenty five and thirty percent alcohol. So you drink it more like a cognac. Uh, yeah, yeah probably, I remember. Yeah, that is my favorite all time beer. Um, it was funny. I think it was five or six years ago. Uh, one of my friends who had never tried it, I bought a bottle, and I, I invited him over, and we finished that bottle in one night. <laughs> three hundred dollar bottle of beer and we drank it in one night <laughs> um the <laughs> i don't know if i should say this the worst beer i ever had and it's my and it's, it's, it's a good friend of mine uh john graham at church key you know church key i, I i'm not familiar with church key where are they at oh, check out church key church key is uh John Graham is the is 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 one of the is one of the last uh, originals. He's been going for a while, and I know I've known John Graham forever. And uh, he's kind of a I don't know. He's 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 a great guy, and he's a great brewer, and he's a bit of a punk rocker. Uh, he's not a punk rocker, but his his style of brewing is a bit punk rock. Um, he's I guess probably more of a hippie. Uh, <laughs> uh, hippie punk rock it's all the same <laughs> but uh he made he made the the lactes falcon the lactes falcon yeah and this is back in probably 2000 and 
I just started a stone hammer, so it was probably 2007. Um, and, and it was a, <sighs> yeah, just, it, it was like cheese. It was a, to, to drink it, you had to like hold your nose and drink it. Cause if your nose was open, my mouth, my mouth wouldn't allow my, my myself to take it in because the smell was so awful. Uh, but I held my nose and I, and I drank it and it just tasted like, I'm sorry, John Graham. I love you, John Graham. And you make fantastic beers, but the Lactes Falcon was insane. <laughs> so, so it was basically the Limburger of che- uh, of beers. Is that what and you're saying? Yes, <laughs> yes. But I have a feeling that that's what he was going for. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think he only made like a hundred bottles, and he brought one bottle over to, uh, or somebody brought a bottle over to. To where I was living with George Eagleson, and we drank it, and I, I we drank a lot of it, but uh, we <laughs> we tried to drink it, and uh, uh, I hope I hope John contacts me and fills me in <laughs> what that was that we actually drank because I'm not sure. Well, I, still, I'm not sure. well what, I mean, my my channel has about a hundred subscribers, so chances are he's never going to see this video. <laughs> well, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. <laughs> you gotta see if you don't watch anything else this year. You gotta watch this video. <laughs> hey, John, John, I mentioned your brewery. I talked about how it was the worst beer I ever had. <laughs> what a great, what a great, uh, what a great, uh, <laughs> what, what a what a great uh, intro to a conversation with somebody you've known yeah. forever. Hey, I, hey, I, I, I gave your brewery a mention online. <laughs> yeah, sure, it was a negative mention, but hey, <laughs> Churchkey is a great brewery. Churchkey makes some great beers, and not all of them are called the Lactes Falcon. Where are they at? Uh, there, I think, uh, is the town Campbellford. It's north of Brighton, uh, Brighton on the four hundred one there. Uh, maybe about half an hour north of uh, the 401. And I think the town is called Campbellford, which is embarrassing. This is like actually my home turf, um, but it's been a while, and I'm trying. I try to forget my home turf. <laughs> shame, shame. Uh, I'm shame. from Belleville. <laughs> oh, you know, I actually have friends that live up in Belleville. <laughs> or, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for them. Poor people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Whatever. Now, so it's Signal Signal Hill, right? Signal Hill. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not familiar with, with with the area. I've actually never been up in that that far up. Uh, the farthest I've gotten is far uh, is up. Far, far, down, far over. There's no up far, about yeah. Belleville. Yeah, yeah, okay. It is kind of well. Fr- fr- from where I'm at, it's up. I mean, it's north and east of where I'm at. So it's around the lake. In, well, yeah, I'm on Brant. I'm in Brantford, which is in southwest. You know, part of Ontario here. Uh, King, you know, the Kingston Belleville area is all north and east of me. So pretty much everything's north and east of me. I mean. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> Not that we're talking geography. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, okay, so so we, we talked about your favorite all-time beer. We've talked about your least favorite all-time beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, favorite beer I ever made was uh, uh, the, the most recent at Royal City, the exhibition. Uh, I guess it's called the Session IPA. It's a fantastic uh, IPA. I'm not an IPA guy, and I think that was a fantastic IPA. And Lisa, my wife, um, when I bought it for the show, she's like, you didn't buy more? So I had to go out and buy more. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, it, I mean, I, I I, still, you know, I have, because I'm an old, you know, old man yelling at clouds, I don't think that's an IPA, but... Uh, um, no, it's, it's it's a pale ale, but I don't think it's a, an IPA per se. I mean, but I do it, think it doesn't it's delicious. Mean, oh yeah, no, it is it is good. Um, 
you know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of IPAs. I love an old school traditional English IPA. Uh, I'm not a fan of the, the the New England IPAs. I'm not a fan of the West Coast IPAs. Give me an old school IPA with that heavy malt backbone and that bitter punch on the end, and I'm good. Uh, I don't want the bitter all the way through, and I don't want all the fruity flavors and things like that. Um, I'm I'm really I, you know at, at my core, I guess I'm really more of like a a traditional English ale kind of guy. I love the malty backbone. I love I love that that you know just the the caramel and the toffee flavors and things like that. But but that uh, that exhibition was an, a, a fine example of a nice session pale ale. Yeah, I could I uh, could drink I could drink a few of those. I love the I love the lower I love that we're making uh, uh, really tasty beers uh, with lower alcohol. Um, well, right. I mean, so you know, I love my high ABV beers. Everyone who knows me knows that. People who've watched any episodes of the show know I make mention that I love barrel aged stouts. But there is nothing wrong with a great session beer. I mean, if you can drink six, eight of them and not be completely trashed, that's a good beer. Uh, even like, uh, like what I'm, I'm, I'm not very up on this subject, but even like table beers, like two percent or whatever, you know. And uh, I, I think those are great. Uh, yeah. when we at Stonehammer, we made a like an English mild. It was like three and a half percent or three point eight percent, and it still had a fair amount of flavor, a, a fair amount of body. Uh, it was a little, a little low on the body, but I mean that, uh, just a little. I mean, we were, we were trying. <laughs> um, well, I mean, what, what can you really do? Drink, you can start drinking earlier. You can drink more. <laughs> Again, getting old. Um, but I can't start drinking like a six and a half percent beer first thing. You know, I gotta, I gotta work into this these days. You got to ease yourself into it. Yeah, and it used to be, and, and I I remember when a light beer was just your flagship beer with water added. Like that's what you know. You didn't have a separate recipe for your light beer. You just had your whatever your main lager was, and you added more water. You know. Right. Well, I remember. I remember we discussed that the first time you were on the show. Uh, when you were at Upper Canada, they had their the standard, and the light was just a watered down version of the same exact recipe. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, that's that's no good. That's not the way to do it. Right. So, uh, I like now that you know, light beers, and it's been like this for a little while now. But I, I really enjoy light beers that have that are their own beers. It's not just a light version of something else. It's not, you know, I, I don't know. It's the, it's its own flavor profile. It's its own. It's its own thing. It's not just like yeah. a weak something else. Well, so. you know, it, it's it's funny. Technology in brewing really hasn't changed a whole lot in the past 200 years or whatever. But in the last decade or so, they've, they've, they've really started making some good breakthroughs on how to maintain flavor and a little bit of body, but keep the alcohol levels lower so you can actually drink more without being completely blasted or completely wasted out uh, off your ass. And, and you can still participate in, in activities. So you're drinking a beer that has good flavor. You drink a beer that has a, a decent amount of body. Obviously you're not going to get a ton of body out of a low alcohol beer, but you can still enjoy a beer or six and not be that guy at the party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it. <laughs> I remember a few Georgia Paloozas. I don't know if you know what a Georgia Palooza is, but uh, uh, in Ontario, uh, Georgia Palooza is a yearly event that celebrates the birthday of George Eagleson, who is a pillar of uh, the Ontario brewing community. Uh, it's his birthday. It's Georgia Palooza, and is always many brewers would bring their own. Like one-offs and um, special beers that they made just for for this event. It was it's pretty much it's it was my favorite event during the year because it wasn't a marketing event. There was no we weren't trying to sell anything. It was just brewers and brew industry people talking to each other. But you could tell what the trends were, and there was a couple of years where the trends were like huge, huge beers, right? And you'd start drinking the light beers, which were like seven percent, and you're moving up to the twelve percent. 
and by the mid afternoon, you're, you're done. And, and finally, after a few years, you notice the trend starting and there was trying to remember who it was. The first one I had that was really good. There was like four and a half. It was a pale ale. It was like four and a half percent, but it was full bodied. It was, and I think it was a one-off and I think it was a great lakes. Great Lakes came down to one of the Georgia Palooza, they, which they often would. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it because all these beers are one-offs, so all the names were like, you know, for just for that day. Uh, but it was, I remember drinking this, like, it was a 4.2% pale ale or something, but it felt like a full-bodied, you know, it could have been a 6%, you know, whatever. It it didn't taste weak and thin. And I was like, I could drink this all day and and, you, and I, but literally, I could instead of you know right. falling down drunk after three of them, I could maybe have five or six <laughs> <laughs> before you fell over drunk, right? Yeah, I, I get it, drunk. yeah. But I, I, you know, I really, really appreciated the uh, the lower. Now that now we can have lower uh, lower alcohol, but still uh, still lots of taste. I'm I'm almost sounding like that old commercial the. More, uh, less filling, more flavor, whatever. Right. The, the great. Most... Yeah, less filling tastes great. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> that was a Miller Lite commercial, I believe. <laughs> Miller, was that, I, I want to, was that like a, maybe it was Miller Lite. I can't remember. It was one of the light beers. You know, it's like less filling, tastes great. Less great. filling, tastes great. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was, you're right. Maybe it was Miller Lite. Right. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's a bad word. We talked about a macro beer. Oh my god! <laughs> well, first beer I ever was ever bought. Okay, we're talking about like first and best and whatnot. Uh, when I was like fourteen, I, uh, I got a job at a resort and I was working in for a summer. Like I went away and lived away for the summer and lived in the cabin and I cut lawns and I cleaned pools and whatnot. But my mom came and visited me at one point for like a week. Not. She didn't stay with me, but she came to, you know, visit. <laughs> and she bought me a six-pack of uh, Coors Light Silver Bullets. Uh, and that was the first beers that were bought for me and that, that I had, you know, like I took home and I and I drank, I guess. Because I, I guess my mom felt that I needed to – I needed a six-pack of beer. Hey, I mean <laughs> – This is long before I thought I knew I – like I knew I had an interest in it. I just – at the time, I probably just had an interest in like intoxication, um, not the actual beer itself. But uh, yeah, so that was my first. So I, the first beers were the the Silver Bullets. But I very quickly moved on to fifties uh, and black labels and like grandfather beers because those are the beers that would not be taken at your at the party. You know, if you put a bunch of fifties in the fridge next to a bunch of Molson Canadians, uh, the Molson Canadians are the ones that it, that people are going to grab. Uh, and people wouldn't grab your your fifties or your black labels. <laughs> <laughs> Grand, grandpa beers. He called them grandpa, grandpa beers. beers. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, I'm very familiar. I used to I, I used to drink um, hams and Schlitz because nobody wanted them and and they were dirt cheap. So <laughs> yep. we used to drink Fosters and uh, we used to drink Schooners. We just get like it was just stuff that wasn't Molsons or Labatts, you know, like. Also, I might have been made by them. I don't know, but uh, right, you just it was as long as it was a label that people didn't really recognize, then your beer was kind, of, your beer was safe, and people wouldn't drink it. So yeah, Foster's Schooner's Black Label Fifty. Uh, but then I then my first craft beer or microbrewery beer, I guess, was Sleeman's, uh, and that was because this was before they were huge. They were still kind of considered a microbrewery, and it would have been nineteen ninety. Uh, and I and I was like, oh, this is what beer actually tastes like. <laughs> it's really good. This tastes great. You know, I'll drink more of this. But then I bought a twelve pack of uh, Sleeman's, and I was living in college at the time, and they were warm, so I put them in my window to cool them down. And uh, you remember, you know, Sleeman's are the the choice is clear, right? You put them in a clear bottle. So I put these beers in a clear bottle in my window. To cool in the them sun, in the and sun, got skunky, right? Oh, that's when I learned about that. Because about an hour later, I came back, and only an hour, like literally an hour later, I came back and I drank one of these beers, and it was oh my 
God, what's what's happened to these beers? And that's when I learned about uh, light, uh, light and beers. Yeah, yeah. The choice is clear. Do not put your beer in light in clear bottles. Do not put clear bottles in the window. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, it's uh, it, it it's been an hour. So, um, oh, I, I, yabbering on. No, 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 no. I mean, th- this show was supposed to be kind of off the cuff and everything, but I, I, I think, I think we should probably wrap it up because most people aren't going to want to listen to anything beyond an hour. Let alone look at us. <laughs> right, right. Especially, especially us two. So, you know, um, this is the part of the show where I say, hey, if you liked this episode, please like it. Uh, if you like what I'm doing, please subscribe and click the little bell to be notified when a new episode comes out. Uh, and, to, you know, uh, if you have any questions for me or for Andrew, please leave them in the comment section below and I'll be sure to forward things on to him. Uh, you know, other than that, hey, this has been Rob uh, from the Internet and uh, this has been Andrew. Uh, who who's a wealth of beer and music knowledge. Uh, until next time, thanks for watching. Thank you, Rob. That was fun. Uh,